Yo, what is going on, guys? This is the First in Tech podcast. I'm your host, Technician Sports Editor Camden Spate. And I am Technician Multimedia Managing Editor. Multimedia yeah. Managing yeah. Editor. Jalen Harrington. Jalen, my man. It's been a minute. How's it going, bro? It's going good, man. Well, it's not because it's exam week. But <laughs> facts. But it's it's been a minute since we've been in here. We we did a little podcast after the pit game. That was four games ago. So we got a lot to cover. And before we do that, I just want to give you a little shout out. All right. Me? Yeah, man. You've been, you've been working hard. You got the whole podcast going. <laughs> I want you to tell the people about your podcast. Yeah. You know, if you like music, if you like hip hop and R&B, uh, just give the Put Me On podcast a little bit of a listen. I do it for WKNC 88.1, your go-to station if you are in the triangle. Hashtag Great. ad. Yeah, facts. Hashtag ad. Not paying me for it, but they should be. Uh, working for some wonderful people, and I'm really loving it. So if you like that sort of stuff, give me a listen, retweet it, you know, do all those things and support your boy. What did they, they tweet it out from WKNC Twitter, is that right? No, but they put it on the Instagram. Okay, the that's, Instagram. that's better. All right, yeah. I'll see if I remember to put it in the description of this podcast, and maybe I'll even reply on Twitter oh, with a little link. It. Love to see it. Yeah, man, gotta, gotta get you the views, man. Hey. Thanks, man. So, NC State football has gone up and down since we last talked. Yes, it has. Just, there's just been a lot of emotions. And after that incredible pit win, that one-point win, and in the last you know couple minutes there, Went to Virginia, came out with a 38-21 win. That was pretty solid. Uh, Devin Leary, still the quarterback in that game, 11 for 25. Wasn't quite as good, but did have two touchdowns, threw a pick. And the rushing game, 179 yards in that one. So that was a pretty solid win on the road. Not one that I probably would have thought NC State would win before the season. Virginia was a pretty solid team. And then coming back home... At Duke, at Carter-Finley, that was a game that most fans thought NC State should win, and it did, 31-20. to um, that, was, that was a Devin Leary game, started that game, 15 for 25, 205 yards, touchdown and a pick, and then Devin Leary went down with the season-ending injury, and that was not good for NC State. Yeah, NC State can never have good things, ever. Of course not. So the Why? One, Why would we do that? <laughs> the one year where it looked like, you know, this one might be the year, of course, your star quarterback, you know, breaks his leg um, on what looked to be a pretty routine play. Yeah, it did. Um, Dave went out there, and, of course, he, like everyone else, thought, concussion. Can you talk? Are you conscious? Those things. And Devin's going, my ankle. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> that, that was that was the wild part about that because he got hit really hard. Yeah. I, I believe the defender was injected for targeting. Is that correct? Or uh, I think so. Up? Yeah, it was targeting. I'm pretty sure. And so I'm like, oh, that's a concussion. Like, for sure. He can't play anymore. And then when I believe you were in the press box and they said he's out with a leg injury, you're like, the what? Yeah. <laughs> he's out with when, a what injury? When they, when they brought out the air castle, it was like, interesting. Really? Interesting. That's, <laughs> that, that's, that's a choice. That doesn't but go okay. over the head. Maybe that's you're not really... good. <laughs> so yeah. Devin Leary was, was really playing some really good football and was starting to look like the next NC State quarterback when after last year it was just a carousel completely. And Devin Leary ended with the job last year and now basically started with the job this year besides the first game. So NC State turned back to Bailey Hockman. And 
it's it was overall a little bit disappointing just from the fact that Leary got hurt and Hockman did not play well to begin the season. He did go four for seven for 43 yards at the end of that Duke game, which leads us to the UNC game, which was not nearly as good for NC State. Uh, the Tar Heels beat the Pack 48-21 in a game that probably wasn't even that close. Sam Howell threw for 252 yards, but North Carolina ran for 326. Yeah, yeah. No, they have two two really, really good backs led by Javante Williams. And it was it I don't think anyone was surprised that they ran the ball well. It was how much and it was just how much more physical UNC was than NC State. Like, I mean, everybody loves to talk about oh Malik Dunlap, he's a linebacker playing corner. He got bowled over by Javante Williams. Like they were hitting dudes. And that's usually what you say about NC State is they're hitting guys and they're really going to lay the wood. And UNC just came out. They were more physical. They were the better team. And even Ben Finley couldn't save him. No, you. I mean, Williams' numbers, was they were ridiculous. He had 160 rushing yards and three touchdowns. Yeah. On, on 19 attempts, he averaged 8.4 yards a carry. Yeah. I mean, it's it was absurd. It, like, I think everyone knew, and you know, you look at the stats in the rest of the season. It really probably shouldn't be a surprise that the two of them ran all over NC State. But I mean, just the absolute dominance was just really surprising, especially from you know the linebacking core that was supposed to be the strongest point on the team, and still is the strongest point on the team, and it just didn't stand a chance. Yeah, we had Isaiah Moore after the game, and he came out and he was like, "Look, they were just more physical than us." Like what? Like, tackling is a you issue that's not scheme that's not where your coaches are putting you you were there you could not make the tackle and it was all day long and uh, that was something that the defense really had to eat and then they came back against what Miami the next week and it was good in some areas right they didn't run for 300 yards but also similar things in certain instances yeah, I mean, you look at that game, King still, like King himself ran for 105 yards. And the stat lines for De'Aaron King, I mean, yeah, talk about a game, 31 for 41, 430 yards passing and five, counted five touchdowns. He was dominant, completely dominant. I, I thought it was really interesting. After the game, uh, Dave comes out and he says, the game plan was to stop him running the ball and force him to throw. Well, he still had over 100 yards uh, rushing, so didn't really do that. You did force him to throw, though, and he killed you. (laughs) Yeah, you forced him to throw. It turned out not to be the right idea. Yeah, like you may have won him the Heisman with this game, but that was your game plan. Not smart. Just an unbelievable performance from King. I mean, the rest of the team, I mean, it was a good performance from Miami's offense overall, but absolutely would not have been close if it wasn't Derek King. I mean, the, some of the throws into the corner of the end zone, I mean, he didn't miss. I don't. No. He had 10 incompletions. I don't remember any of them, I to be couldn't honest. tell you what they were. It, every single time he threw the ball downfield, it felt like a completion. Just foregone conclusion. That was going to be complete. Yeah, 100%. And you look at, um, at Hockman, and I feel bad for Hockman because he had a pretty good game yeah. against a tough Miami team. 19 for 28, 248 passing, two touchdowns, did throw that one pick at the end. Wasn't really his fault. I believe it was a Mezzi on the other end that went just straight off his hands. Yeah. And um, 
it was an an interesting idea from in the point of the game is just like was was Ben Finley just not good enough against UNC? Is he just like not experienced enough? You know, because he played well against UNC. There were points where you de- he definitely showed his you know lack of experience. But from what we've seen from Hawkman before the Miami game, I was a little bit surprised that they didn't just go to the young guy. Yeah, uh, I wasn't shocked because Dave has a true aversion to playing young quarterbacks. He refuses to do that. Um, there's a reason why um, Leary did not start until both Matt McKay and Bailey Hockman were terrible last year. He obviously knew that Leary was the best quarterback of the trio, but he didn't want to start him because he was so young. And it's the same thing here with Ben Finley, though I will say in Hockman's defense, he did play really well this game. And even after the UNC game, Dave was like, look, we planned on getting Ben a series, so we got him a series. We did not plan on him getting more than one, but because he drove us on the field, he got more than one, meaning Ben was supposed to get one series and it was right back to Bailey. It was supposed to be Bailey's show for the entire game minus one series. So I think he felt a little bad that Hockman got taken out of his rhythm, though he didn't have any rhythm when that happened. But anyways, um, I think that kind of made them a little more inclined to tell Bailey, you know what, you're not going to get taken out of this game. We're going to give you the entire game. It's your show. And especially once he came out and first drive was a touchdown. Second drive, a I receiving think, touchdown at that. Yeah. For Hockman. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they, the offense came out and they were moving the ball well, first three quarters. So there was really no need to take him out. And it's really kind of, you have to tip your cap to Tim Beck because he put together a great plan for Bailey Hockman and he's looked better than he's ever looked in NC State uniform. Yeah, the the script for the first two drives, especially that first drive, was phenomenal. Yeah. Just a great plan going in, and at the point of that trick play, there Thomas, he when he's all said and done here at NC State, he probably has the highest QBR ever, like Honestly. in the history of the world. I mean, he every game he throws, it's like one for one, sixty-seven yards and a touchdown. Like <laughs> his uh, passer rating was like six hundred ninety something. Like it was just nuts. <laughs> so Bailey Hockman. You know, for a little bit in there with with the UNC game, it looked like maybe there was a competition. Doesn't appear that Finley's going to get much more of a starting chance going forward with how Hawkman played against Miami. Yeah, would you I'd, say that would be pretty accurate? Yeah, I'd agree. I think, um, you know, maybe if some of these late games turn to blowouts, you put Ben Finley into the game. Yeah. Um, maybe if Hawkman comes out and completely blows a game like he did against Boston College last year, then you see a replacement just out of desperation. But I don't think that uh, Doran's going to plan on giving him as much playtime as he got in the UNC game. I think he could be the uh, the QB in the future, and Dave now knows that he's really got something with Ben, but I think it's really all in on Hawkman now. And Kerry uh, Angeline caught another touchdown, his sixth of the year, I believe I don't think the ACC uh, like when they're doing the receiving touchdowns actually puts tight ends in there. Really, but I'm pretty sure he would be tied for first in the ACC in receiving touchdowns. That doesn't surprise me. Uh, he was asked about it after the game, and Dave said, "Carry six seven. and I said, "Yes, he is." Yeah, we've been saying that for a little bit. <laughs> He's huh? six foot seven, man. He's a quarterback's best friend, and even really, especially in the red zone, 
that's really where he stands out because you can get him against a linebacker and it's game over. Come on, it's easy. It's really, really easy. He's got five touchdowns in the last five games. At North Carolina, he just had the one reception for eight yards and no scores. But against Pitt, he had two scores. So definitely an asset that Hockman needs to continue to use. And another asset, Amezi's been really good. I mean, he had the drop at the end of the game. But I think going into that, he was he was on some streak for yeah. like 30-something drops the entire or 30-something com- uh, attempts or completions without a drop, and that's really good for him. Yeah. Uh, Amezi kind of, after last year, went back to his roots, and I'm going back to 86, and I think he really, you know, Amezi's a really, really hard worker. There's not going to be anybody on this team, I don't think, that has a higher work ethic than Emeka Amezi, and you see the results now because he went back to the lab in the offseason and he's gotten better. He's a true number one receiver in the ACC now. All right, going forward, NC State sits at 4-3, and 4-3 three, and three in the ACC, four games to go. And who knows, maybe we won't record another podcast until after the season. That's how it's going so far. Yep. Sorry about that. <laughs> but Florida State's up next this Saturday. 7.30 game, a nice little night game. You'll be in the press box enjoying, you know, the view from the top. I'll be at home watching on the TV. That's how it goes. I did go to the Miami game, though. That was a blast. Hey. Real quick, going back to that, if there were 60,000 people in that stadium oh for that God. game, oh, my <laughs> goodness. It would have been Louisville from Lamar Jackson all over again. I, I think mean, I think they lose that game if there's a full crowd. I'll say it. You think NC State? No, Miami, Miami loses, loses that game. Yeah, there's. I don't think they come back in that fourth quarter with the probably full crowd. not. No, nah. no. I mean, when when Zonovan Knight ran the kickoff back, I, I was going berserk, and there was nobody Definitely. around me. I was like, "Who do I push around? <laughs> I need to push somebody. <laughs> give me somebody. Give me a high five, dang it!" But um, all right, Florida State Saturday night game should be another another good game. Florida State not looking too good this year, sitting at two and five. Last game was against Pitt, just got blown out. The game before against Louisville got blown out. The game before that was an upset of UNC, 31-28, when UNC was number five. Probably didn't deserve to be at number five, but definitely still a good team. The week before that was a Notre Dame game, lost by 16. So lost three the last four, lost last two Florida State also has some key players missing, and I'll let you go into that. Oh, that was a lead-in for me? Sorry, I, I yeah, yeah, that was a lead-in. My bad, my bad. Yeah, well, uh, the first thing that you think about when you think about Florida State is two players, one on the offense, one on the defense. Tamari on Terry, wide receiver, one of the best in the country, has now left the program. He has Do we abs- know why? Who knows? <laughs> who who knows? I um my first reaction was look, his starting quarterback is hurt, his backup quarterback is also leaving the program. So if I were him, I wouldn't want to catch passes from a true freshman either. So I kind of get it. Um and then on the defensive side of the ball, you've got Marvin Wilson, one of the best defensive tackles in the country. He's out for the season with an injury. So two of the people that you really fear when you play the Seminoles are not gonna be there. And if their starting quarterback, Jordan Travis, who's a dual threat and kind of reminds you of De'Ara King, if he can't play, then 
I don't think you can really fear this team. The Seminoles' defense has given up just the last two games, 41 and 48, to Pitt and Louisville. Gave up 28 to UNC, which isn't too bad. Gave up 42 to Notre Dame. Notre Dame's a top team. Still gave up 24 to Jacksonville State and 52 to Miami. It seems like this could be another uh, another game like Miami where there's just a lot of points and it is a close one. NC State, I believe, is favored by 10 points in this one. Sheesh. Uh, take the over. Yeah, I don't, I don't know the about over. the spread. <laughs> Let me see if I can find it. <laughs> I uh, don't know about the spread, but take the over, man. I think even though it's likely that Tanner Engle comes back for this matchup, I think neither defense is going to be a shutout. And I think it's very certain that Florida State gets about 20 or so points. If you, uh, if UNC, if NC State can put up 40 with this offense, which has actually been one of the better ones in the country this year, they can put up points, and I think that, you know, this could turn into a runaway game for NC State, and it should if they don't have a hangover over last week's loss. The total is 59. I would feel pretty good about going over there. That seems like a lot, but it's a college game. 35-24, so yeah. Easy. Yeah, right? I'll take that. So after Florida State, which should be a pretty good game, Got Liberty. Liberty's coming to Carter Finley, and Liberty has been a little bit of a surprise this year. If you didn't see the end of the Liberty and Virginia Tech game last week, I very much recommend you going to watch it. Did you see the end of that game, Jalen? I did not, but the group chat informed me immediately. Yes. So <laughs> if you didn't see it, Virginia Tech and Liberty were tied with like a couple seconds left. Liberty's kicking this long field goal, like high 50s. And there's just no way he's going to miss it, right? Or he's going to make it, I'm sorry. And the Virginia Tech coach decides to ice the kicker. However, the ball had already been snapped, of which the ball was blocked and returned by Virginia Tech for a game-winning touchdown. Of course, everybody freaked out. And then you go back and it's like, well, Virginia Tech called a timeout. Let's do it again. Liberty then runs a play to get a couple more yards. On four down, by the way. Yeah. This was four down, and they were like, we're going to run a play with eight seconds left. Yep. And they converted. And then made a 50, what was a 51-yard yeah. field goal to win the game. Yeah. I mean, just brutal for Virginia Tech. But Liberty's 7-0. and I've not lost. And that includes two ACC games already in Syracuse and, of course, Virginia Tech. The other games, Southern Miss, Louisiana Monroe, Northern Al- North Alabama, FIU, and Western Kentucky. So the rest of them, nothing much to write home about. Syracuse is a bottom-tier ACC team. But Virginia Tech, I mean, we saw what Virginia Tech did at NC State. Virginia yeah. Tech's a solid team overall. I have struggled a little bit since that win against NC State, but... This game, this game scares me. And before the season, it, I mean, it was an automatic W. I don't think anyone ever thought about it. But now, now for, for Liberty's ranked 22 in the country, and now we're thinking about it. Yeah, I, I don't know. This is feeling like one of those games where you're kind of excited about it because Liberty's overrated. And I say that with full respect for all seven wins that they oh, have. Oh, for sure. But they're overrated. So in the back of NC State's mind, it's okay. Um, if they win this week, can y'all rank them in the high, you know, or in, in the low teens so that we can get a top? 
15 victory out of this. Like, yep. I think this is a perfect game for NC State, for an NC State team that has not beaten all of the ranked teams it's faced. It's faced, what, four now? Just one win? And Pitt? And yeah, Pitt's not ranked Miami, anymore. Miami, UNC, Pitt, Virginia Tech were four ranked teams in just the Pitt game. Exactly. I mean, after you should have beaten a legitimate top 10 team in Miami, now you get a chance to beat an overrated team, and that's going to go down as a top 15 victory. If you don't win that game, do you even want it? <laughs> right, <laughs> At exactly. At that point, like, I think, um, yeah, this is the back half of the schedule. They are getting people back now. You have Bailey. He's looking better under center than he ever has before. You should win out. I don't you think know. So? I don't know if I'm getting ahead of myself or you if think, you were gonna. You, think, you do think they'll win out? I said they should. Do you think they'll win out? I, you know what? I'll say it. No, they will. No, they will. Oh, Jay, Look, come on. What, uh, who, who do you think's gonna trip them up? Three. You're giving who them. Do you, a... Who do you think's gonna trip them up? Florida State. Maybe. Florida State. I don't know, man. With who on their roster? I okay. their best players aren't playing. I get it. I get it. You have you have Florida State, Liberty, Syracuse is bad, Georgia Tech, not great either. Houston and Tech are god awful. But but it's two wins. And, it's a W. And three or four at home. Yeah. But like you think you think NC State goes eight and three this season? I mean, I'm just putting it in a broad perspective. Abs- I don't think I don't abs- think this team deserves to be I, eight and three. I mean. Deserved has nothing to do with it. I think, <laughs> look, they put themselves in a position to be 8-3 because think about it. At the beginning of this year, we thought that they were going to have five wins. If you asked us, a lot of those five wins were going to come in these past four, in these upcoming four weeks. It's the fact that they won so many games early on that we didn't expect them to win. Virginia was a question mark. Pitt was a loss to most of us. For sure. But they won those games. Even Wake was uh, questionable, right? So they banked up so many victories, they're going to end up at 8-3 and three just by virtue of now playing up to their standard. They don't have to do anything crazy. Just don't suck. Just don't suck. Four wins. That's it. Just don't suck. Four wins. <laughs> even, if, even if Hawkman goes down, I think if Finley were starting these four games, I'd think maybe 3-1. and one. But with Hawkman, yeah, four wins. All right, so you, you, got, you got NC State winning out. At eight and three, that's your final prediction. Absolutely. Here. What is your prediction? What seven and four? You can't commit to the to the all wins, really. No, you know what? Forget it. I'm gonna be real different. Uh huh. I think I think they go six and five. They just six. win two. This Who is, are they lose? This is NC. This is NC State. We're okay. talking about. Okay, you can right? say that, but tell me the losses though. Who do you like to beat them? Liberty, I'm assuming, is one. Okay. Yeah, I think Liberty, and I, I just think one of Syracuse or Georgia Tech. Honestly, I'll probably go. I'll probably go Georgia Tech. Okay. I, I just I don't think that this team can win four in a row, even though three of them are at home. Yeah. So so it's more about not trusting them with success, basically. Yeah. Okay. I mean, I, it's not that I don't think they're better than these teams, because honestly, I think that they're probably better than at least three or four, three of these four teams. Right. But I just don't think they're going to be able to string together four wins. I don't think Hockman can play consistently enough, and this defense can't stop anything. They look like Swiss cheese out there. So, <laughs> like, I, that's just where I'm at. I don't think that this team, if they get to seven, I wouldn't be surprised. If they get to eight, I would be surprised. Really? Yes. Really? If you're telling me they don't lose any of these? I, I that, think that goes against everything I've ever learned about <laughs> NC State. I think the next time we podcast, you're going to have to apologize. I might. I might. <laughs> and I will. If, if, if NC State goes eight and three, 
I'll give a 30 second monologue about okay. how I am I'm very sorry about okay. you know dissing NC State and that Jalen, you were right. <laughs> All right. But I'm not gonna have to do that. I'll be waiting for it. I'm sure you will. <laughs> um, anything anything jumping out? Uh, a little shocker for the season? Anything uh, sticking out to you as something you didn't see coming in? Whether it's a specific player or a specific scheme. I think the big thing for me is just how explosive the offense is this year. Yeah. After last year, I mean, I think in last year I defended the co-OCs. Um, I think I underestimated how much of a difference a good OC makes. I agree. Like, I agree. It's night and day. Night and day. These quarterbacks, I mean, once Beck actually gets to work with them as the guy, they look good. True. I mean, who would have thought after last year? After last year, I was doubting Leary's ability to lead an offense. And I wasn't the only one. I went back to watch the weight game from last year. Tim Hasselbeck was openly saying the same thing while calling the game. And now he's one of the best quarterbacks in the ECC. Yeah. Hockman looked like he had gotten way too many chances. He was never going to learn. He couldn't be the quarterback. Yep. Comes I, out after a bye, admittedly. Yeah. Looks great. I was thinking literally that exact thing until the Miami game. Yeah. I'm like, we, I feel like Hockman's gotten too many chances and he hasn't performed. Why not give it to the young guy? And then Hockman comes out and, you know, it's really solid. Like I, I wrote, I think there was something that I wrote uh, a preview wise for the season. And I said, this year is just as important for NC State's offense as it is for Tim Beck. Because Tim Beck, his last couple of stops, the narrative has been, oh, he's had to have play calling duties taken away from him. He can't properly develop guys. He can't properly run an offense at a high level. So he comes to NC State for the freedom to work under Dave, where Dave's not going to bother him. He's a defensive guy. He can do his thing, and he's doing his thing now, and he's proving to everyone he's legit as an OC. There's no question about it now. I mean, every single week, the weakness of the team, outside of one time against Duke, the weakness of the team is not the offense now. It's the defense. It's Which kinda, is completely flip-flop, basically. I mean, the secondary has always yeah. been the secondary, but, I mean— the defensive line, not as good as it once was a couple of years ago, and it's somehow it's the offense that's carrying the team right now. Yeah, I think, you know, pressure's starting to rise on Tony Gibson. Like, hey, man. A little bit. I mean, you're not getting fired, of course, but come yeah. on, let's go. Yeah, let's, Your offense putting up 40 the points, is man. There. Let's get it together. <laughs> yeah. And I think I'll piggyback on that, and I think that the – Something shocking to me has been winning games when the the rushing game just hasn't really been there, and it's been much better the last you know four games or so that where we've been talking about so far and been pretty consistent. But I mean, you look back to the Pitt game where NC State rushed for sixty two yards in total, averaged two just over two yards a carry, and NC State still won. And you know, Leary had really good numbers in that game, obviously, but I think. It got to a point entering the season where I thought if if Knight and Person could not run the ball, that NC State was toast. They yeah. couldn't set up the play action, and I thought that was the only way that the quarterbacks were putting up solid numbers was through play action. But I've been surprised, and the rushing game has been good. Don't get me wrong. like Knight and Person have been amazing. Knight had the kickoff return that we were just talking about. I mean, but you know the play of Hockman and Leary so far have has been good enough to win games. Yeah, and I'll I'll throw in another surprise for me. It's been some of the young players who have stepped up. Josh Pierre-Lewis in particular. I mean, he 
was a true freshman, is a true freshman. He's been starting games, and he's played pretty well for a freshman. I mean, on the offensive side, Porter Rooks has been stepping up. I yeah, mean, there's he's been, seen the ball quite a bit recently, too. Yeah, they're Ben Friendly when he came in. I mean, these guys, the narrative for this coaching staff after all the hires was they may not be the best recruiters on this earth, but they can coach guys up, and we're seeing that now. Even though the secondary isn't great still, I mean, you're running with backups still. Even the starters at corner are backups. Those guys should not be starting for NC State, but they are, and they're playing well. They're, these coaches are doing a pretty, pretty good job, and I think that's flying a bit under the radar. All right, well, we'll end it off with this. What is your score prediction for the Florida State game this weekend? Uh, well, I said I'd take the over. So I'll give you something that goes above 59 points. Fair. And I'll say 42 to 27. That's pretty solid. Yeah, I think I win. think this gets away from the Seminoles, absolutely. I think they're kind of done with the year, and I think this is a team that absolutely will quit. I actually agree with all that completely. Um, I think my prediction will just be on the basis of Vegas knows. And I think Vegas always knows, and I should never pick a side against Vegas. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm going to go with a uh, 34-24 NC State victory. That's a 10-point line. Right. 58. Okay. Um, you know, I'll I'll just – I don't really think the under will hit, but I feel like that's a pretty – a score that was just popping in my brain was 34-24. No, that And I'm, I'm going to go with my gut here. Yeah. I like your pick. Yeah, thanks, man. Thanks, man. I like your pick. Thanks. <laughs> all right. That's all we got today. Um, music fans, hey, hit up the Put Me On podcast. I've been listening to it. Jalen's got this nice low roll voice going. I'm oh, man. That, I've been listening to it while I'm doing homework, and I'm just chilling. Yeah, you know? man. If you want some vibes, I got you. <laughs> hey, maybe I'll, I'll have to make a guest appearance on there someday. So. Sure. Whenever Drake drops, I mean, shoot, on, in man. January, right? Yes, sir. I'm not a, I'm not a big music critique kind of guy <laughs> but i do like some drake <laughs> all right thank you guys for listening um maybe next week probably not with our schedules you know how it goes um you know maybe when the season's over we'll, we'll return for the next episode but maybe you'll get one before the bowl game maybe. yeah maybe maybe the bowl game that's right i totally forgot about the bowl yeah. game we're gonna get a bowl game that's crazy <laughs> um we might have some basketball stuff going pretty soon um season starts here at the end of november Jalen obviously knows nothing about no i'm just kidding <laughs> he, he, he won't be invited to those podcasts i think we'll have uh have my boy tristan on um maybe we'll do a little zoom thing and have me tristan and nick we'll see Ooh. we'll see um but keep on the lookout for all that and uh until then i've been your host technician sports editor camden spate and I am technician multimedia managing editor Jalen Harrington. There you go. That's a long title. <laughs> yes, it is. And we'll see you guys next week.